complete antithesis of the outro last week. <laughs> that slop fest. I just think like, that at the end last week, I was like, oh, do, 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 do. <laughs> I just I, don't, I haven't listened back to it yet, but I just remember us all at the end being like, we're keeping it. We're keeping it. And just like us being totally idiots. But good fun one there. Yeah, yeah. that was good. It was yeah. good. I'm, was I nice am also sound. very happy that I was wrong about what the uh, con- uh, adapters was going to be. Because, like, honestly, just I was Randall thinking untangling of... untangling them like Clark Griswold style. <laughs> yeah, just, like, three of them connected into them, and they're, like... Every, I'm like willing to go down that working, rabbit hole, but... But, like, a shoulder button doesn't get, like... No. Tra- ugh. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with John Hines. Hey there. And Randall Nolery. Hey, folks. And we are back, as always, to talk about some video games. And uh, as always. We, I don't know about, I was going to say, we're feeling pretty loose tonight. I don't know about, I don't, <laughs> don't want to speak for you guys, but I'm feeling pretty loose tonight. We, um, we had so many opportunities of a false start, and we just kept talking, so. <laughs> yeah, I think we almost started recording this episode maybe 20 minutes ago or so. Yeah, but, two or uh, three times, yeah. Yeah, I'm sipping on some gin and chocolate milk over Hell here, yes. so we're yeah we're going strong. And uh, I guess uh, yeah, I'm just gonna roll right into the first game that I wanted to talk about here. And uh, I'm gonna have a hard time describing why I love this game because it's definitely not a Kevin game. This is the newest game from Punk Cake, so I guess that's probably the main reason that I oh, love yeah. this game is yeah. that it's from Punk Cake. But it's called Shroom Catect. Yeah, uh, I'm not even gonna try to spell that, but it's it's spelled how you think it would be spelled. Um, <laughs> And it's basically Minecraft meets The Sims meets a Tamagotchi. So (laughs) if if that makes sense, you basically when you start the game, there's just one little mushroom that you can pick from. And it's like this little you get uh, three little shroomy characters that you control and each or you don't control. They're more like little Tamagotchi virtual pets almost. And they each have like a meter for their hunger, their social their energy and their I I think it's just like determination or purpose or something like that (laughs) um and I actually don't know how that meter that meter just I don't know what gauges that meter because like you know for energy you know you need to rest for hunger you know you need to eat for uh social you can go like chat with people and then once you've or not people with the other shroomies and then once you've chatted enough with the shroomies then they can high five each other or they can like flirt with each other it's so cute they it, it doesn't go beyond that like uh yeah. remy was teasing like oh there's good there's a new feature and apparently uh they're gonna add in the ability to pet the shroomies of course and just like this game, the UI is just incredible. It's pretty much played entirely with the mouse. So we're, we're back to like my like game of the year discussion stuff or like when I was talking about some of my favorite games where I'm just like play, sitting on the couch playing with my cursor. The only thing you use the keyboard for is you can rename the shroomies if you want. Sure. Um, and it's like this really like hand crafted like homebrew like a, like my i say minecraft because it's almost like these little miniature like voxels yeah and, and the visual really, style is awesome 
it's awesome. And on top of the visual style being awesome, there's like a built in like photo mode and a built in like GIF generator. So like once you've crafted your shroomy, there's basically just like a little like it's like this little carved out area in the woods that, you know, you got like you can basically just 360 degrees like pan the camera around and you can see like trees in the background and like every once in a while, even like uh, on certain nights, they'll pick uh, these like flashing lights and like the songs like a little extra special on that <laughs> particular evening. And there's like these glowing lights in the background. It's got very like Pico cool. 8 vibes on those uh, occasions, which uh, again, Punk Cake uses Pico 8 to do the majority of their sound effects and stuff, which is so cool. Oh, wow. Nice. But this is probably the best soundtrack. And I mean, that's saying a lot because again, we got Pentadrangle on the soundtracks here for uh, Punk Cake. And this is maybe. not maybe this is my favorite soundtrack by far and and that's probably what keeps me coming back to this game like again this is a game that's very much not a me game and i've dumped like at least six or seven hours into this game now i've made like five or six different shroom little huts and there's no purpose really to it other than like that like managing of like the virtual pet side of things like making sure that they're like your shroomies are you know doing are happy basically but like you know you can you can customize to some small degree like you can't do anything crazy but you can build beds you can build campfires you can build like platforms and bridges and stuff and it's just got such a unique again it's just something about punk cake just has that magic i don't know what it is but their games just pull me in um again i probably wouldn't be i I guess the visual style and everything like probably would have compelled me to some degree um because the game is just so charming looking yes it it just exudes personality just from like the gifts i've seen on twitter yeah yeah it's it's just yeah it's just pure joy to play this game and and like two hours will just fly by yeah like it's nothing like i'm just sitting there it was a really fun i did like my first look they've actually been they changed up their patreon tiers a little bit like they used to do where uh the higher tiers would get to like vote on what their next game might be and they're like hey this is like getting way too stressful like this game uh we're recording this at the end of february here this is technically january's game uh for their patreon remy just kept saying like i need a little more time and Mm -hmm. and we're like take your time Remy. this game looks amazing like take your time like if you need to you know push a month for the patreon like whatever whatever you all need to do to make it work like we're here to support you with like these i'm on the lowest tier of their patreon but it's four bucks a month but they changed some things up so like instead of voting like their middle tier now is you get the soundtracks with the game so i'm like oh man i might need to upgrade from that bottom tier like i'm just getting the games over here now that i got that pented like this new soundtracks like just got these like chill like tinkly pianos and it's just got the perfect like between the day night cycle like there's not that much different musically going on but it's just like there's enough variety that you just get sucked into this like world and especially again when i've done it like for streaming or whatever i'm putting the headphones on and just really getting lost in the experience Mm -hmm. like oh man just really really loving my time with this game and uh really having a lot of fun like dylan our buddy in the discord's been like sharing his little shroom villages and everyone in the punk cake discord's been sharing theirs as well it's been a ton of fun so that's cool um and it was also a ton of fun they did like this is the first game that they released a few days early for the patreon subscribers to kind of like do a uh little bit of like a bug check if you will so they mm-hmm. actually did do like a a big patch before like the day one launch and like took a bunch of the feedback from everybody and made some pretty big tweaks and fixed a lot of stuff that was just like oh wait the pathfinding was messed up here and there but they like made the camera work a little smoother and like a little less or a little snappier i should say not necessarily smoother but just like a little less floaty mm-hmm. um i don't know it's just I, i'm really looking forward to like getting that little like first you know few days early look uh on their future games but uh that is cool. i guess while i'm 
while I'm talking about this game here, Shroom Katek being kind of a, a bit of just like an experience that sucks you in. Uh, I know Randall and I were going to talk about another game here that was uh, a bit of a total experience, a game mm-hmm. called XO, XO1, mm-hmm. and that's just uh, EXO one <laughs> um the word one i guess not the number one right. but uh this is a game that was i've seen a few times i will say like it's on xbox game passes which is where yes. uh, i think how both of us played it here yep. and uh it you know it's caught my eye kind of but like the little thumbnail looks like so cheesy it, yeah yeah I don't, it's like, not... it definitely doesn't grab your eyes like ooh, i need to check that what's this game i gotta check this out it i don't know that like... i would have booted it if you hadn't prompted me <laughs> to do so and I don't know that I would have booted it if there wasn't. Uh, I think it was Shyniff and uh, Quasi Otter. And again, just to shout out our Discord, I know we mention it all the time, but like there's always new people jumping in. There's always like cool games we're chatting about and whatnot. And yeah, this was one of them. Uh, and both of them, and granted, I, I guess Quasi Otter and I uh, tend to agree a lot on games, but like Shyniff definitely tends to, whenever they recommend games, it's always like a really kind of like, this is just like an experience. Like, yeah. Sometimes I'm into it. Sometimes I'm not. I'm just like, oh, that's not not really my thing. Like I kind of like more mechanically driven sure. experiences. But this game did when I saw it in action, I was like, it does look pretty compelling. Um, I don't know. It just looks pretty unique. And I've been I took the whole first uh, bit of the conversation on Shroom Detect here. So why don't you take uh, take it away on X01? I don't know how much of this game you played here. I did play through it all in one sitting, which was about two hours. But yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get a chance. I thought I was going to be able to do the same, and I, I I made it like five. I guess I would. I wouldn't say levels. Environments. They're kind of levels. Yeah, sort I guess of. so. Uh, five or six. Of but those. environments is a better word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like. What besides you saying like oh Randall you need to check this out it's on Game Pass um, besides that like I notice oh it's like you're rolling around this marble of course I like yes yeah, so oh to, I didn't even think of yeah, that like yeah like that that has appeal to me obviously um, yeah from past experience with marble, marble it up. up and yeah marble madness and monkey ball and all those sorts of experiences um, mm-hmm. but it's interesting. Uh, the gameplay is like you start off in that kind of rolly marble shape and you're kind of going over the the this kind of like alien terrain or like different planets is, is kind of the the setup that way. Yeah. And it's in the first level is almost like I'd, I'd almost say it's like slaloms. Almost, yeah. Like the way you're like kind of going over these like humps. Yeah. If you will. Or like dunes or something like. Yeah. 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 Um, but you, you kind of start off in that marble form. Uh, but as you like hold and pull and hold the, the right trigger, you kind of gain mass and you become heavier, which as you're going downhills me- means you're gaining a lot of momentum. And then a you can release said momentum. momentum and like really shoot off um, into yeah, the air talking- if you go back up a hill. When you say a lot of momentum, I just want to like reiterate: we yeah. are talking a lot of fucking momentum. A lot, like the of sense momentum. of speed in this game yes. is fucking insane. Yeah, like one of the achievements, the, I think maybe the only achievement I got was breaking the sound barrier oh. by like going up in the air, and then if you pull the R trigger when you're way up in the air, you will just fall like a rock because you are full of mass at that point. Like, and you're gaining and gaining mass and you're just hella heavy all of a sudden. So you're just like plummeting as fast as possible. And then, you know, either that's hitting ground or going into the water where you continue to fall. And yeah, you break the sound barrier and like all kinds of visual effects happen. Um, But then you can kind of use that momentum to like swing back up with all that energy you have built up. Um, You can flatten yourself by pulling the L trigger and then you, you go from that ball, you know, that marble ball shape into kind of like a flattened like oval 
like kept, like the flat earthers it, think like think think like that design and then i kept calling it pancake mode when <laughs> yeah. i was streaming i was like oh, let me let me let me activate pancake mode <laughs> but it's it's basically like a disc you know like a frisbee yes. golf you know disc golf thing yes yeah and then from there you can you can kind of like there's wind that you can ride on or you can kind of like use that to you know, think like Super Mario World's like cape mechanic. You can kind of do kind of that motion where you're dipping in the air up and down um, to like gain momentum and continue to glide. Although you can't hold in that oval shape forever, you kind of lose it over time. Yeah, it's like you have to. It's almost I couldn't fully figure it out because it doesn't necessarily explain a whole lot to you. But like, it's there's like something sound to do indicators around it at the very least. But yeah, yeah, it's like I could tell something was like getting charged when yeah. I would activate like the mass and turn into a ball, or yeah. or even just like dive because like basically, yeah, you could you could essentially still activate like the the. Uh, increasing of your mass when you're in the pancake mode so yeah you're basically like swooping down and then you i don't know yeah i got into like a really good flow state with yeah. the game of like kind of releasing the two triggers and yeah. getting in this like um and did you get into any of the water stages i know you said to me yes you made it to like the fifth stage that was like aquarius where the or game, whatever they call yeah i, I got yeah. there too that was where the game started. That was probably my favorite stage. And pretty much like on that stage, as I was playing it, I was like, this feels like the last level. And for the whole rest of the game. Yeah. And there was probably like six, seven, eight more levels. Oh, geez. I was like, I was I was way like off then. this is the last level. <laughs> oh, no, this is the last. Level. I kept saying that in quasi otter was in the chat while I was playing. And they're like, they're like, isn't that like just the sign of like a great game? Yeah. Like every single or at least like that. It's like an experience. And it really is one of those games. But at the same time, I've been like thinking about replaying it a bunch. Nice. Like, I haven't done it yet, and I actually apparently I was actually thinking about replaying it today, and I apparently deleted it off my Xbox. Oh. I was like, ah, I'm not in the mood to <laughs> reinstall it. I'll just play some Ali Ali World instead. But um, I really, especially when I got to that water stage, where yeah, you can, like, activate the pancake and like yeah. skip across yes. the water, like a skipping and, like, stone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that felt so amazing. Yes. Again, you can build up some serious speed, and I don't know did, how deep did you dive underwater? Oh, I went to you, the floor. I went to okay, the sea me floor. too, me yeah. too. Because Shineff was like, "Oh, you got to go underwater." I was like, "I don't know. This is like freak." Because once you go underwater, there's like it nothing. Really like. Like, yeah, like it's really desolate. muffles the yeah. sound. It's like it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Like you feel like you're like trapped underwater almost. It, um, it, it basically like removes your senses in a lot of ways. Yeah. To yeah. Be that deep underwater. Yeah. And it's like, but you can kind of launch yourself yeah. out of the water like you and And on those on a couple of the stages, you almost need to do that. Yep. But it's kind of like just this really like open ended game. Even some of like the later stages are like. I, they were like kind of like these extra gravity defying levels like in, the whole game kind of is. But like these yeah. stages were like even more so I was like, I don't even really know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of I think following this like the blue light. light. Yeah, yeah, generally exactly. the blue light is your guide, but I don't feel like it ever explicitly tells you that you just kind of be like, ah, I guess I'll head to that blue light that I can kind of see in the sky or, or, you know, sometimes there's a white light and that's like what ends up being like a power-up item that's in the sky, but those tend to be pretty difficult to get. I think I only got like one of those. A uh, power-up? I don't even know if I got any of those. I found yeah, a couple like I, kind of like switch at like where it was, it felt like I needed to get like three to then activate something, but 
One of them was like a, a white item. Maybe it was in that Aquarius stage or one of the later ones. And it like added to my, you know, ability to like double jump with the A button or, you know, hold my. Ooh. Yeah, it was it was something that I like I got improved that. my abilities, but it took me a few tries to get it. So I, I'm not surprised that you weren't able to get yeah. it or, or even didn't see it. But that's even cool, like, because sometimes, like, when I think of, like, a game, like, where, where I'm kind of describing it as, like, oh, this game's kind of, like, an experience, I kind of yeah. think of a more, like, scripted game that's, like, you know, you're going through the motions. And this right. game, like, has some of that to a degree. Like, there's, like, little, like, cryptic, you know, it has, like, this, oh, like, it, you almost get the feeling that you're, like, maybe playing as, as this, like, crashed space mission or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, like you're, you're, like, inhabiting these, like, maybe dead astronauts because you keep seeing like like a flash frame think like like a fight club effect or something like there's like a yeah. cut in frame of like and it's a picture of these astronauts from a from a mission before they went off on the space shuttle type of thing you're seeing stuff images like that every so often and hearing like a transmission that's like yeah. kind of cryptic and kind of vague and yeah. just kind of like and you know i don't know but it's just i i really got sucked into this experience and i kept uh, again, I'm really glad I, I, at one point I was like, I think I'm going to stop after this level if there if there's any more than this. And it ended up just working out perfect. Where nice. It was like, oh, I ended right at the end of the, you know, where I was feeling like I was ready to make some lunch and, <laughs> and the stream. <laughs> nice. But uh, but yeah, it was just such such a cool experience. Like, I'm so glad that it was on Game Pass because it's just another, you know, I, I always sing the praises almost a little too much sometimes about Xbox Game Pass. But no, it's but that's really, honestly last night I was I was like Tina was sitting on the couch too. I'm like, this is why Game Pass is cool because like these like kind of weird, maybe not super commercial game experiences can exist on this platform and not feel the express need to like be like a commercial product on their own in a cynical way, right? They can just be this experience and they can be on Game Pass, and that's cool. Yeah, and I and I still always like too that Game Pass, like any game, well, it's listed on Game Pass or whatever. They have that like twenty yeah. percent discount if you buy it. Yeah. So it's like okay, I, I like that they like they're at least encouraging you to like purchase these games. I don't know, and it, and again for me, I always think of I don't think this one's available on Switch. It actually might be, but I don't know how it would run. I, I wouldn't even want to play it on Switch. And actually, I did want to ask, how did it look? Because I think part of the reason I was goading you to check it out yeah. was like, how does how is it going to look on your Series X and yeah. on your 4K TV? Because yeah. I'm over here it looks with great. my Xbox One. Yeah. I, I, I definitely don't have a 4K TV. I don't even think... I it, My TV said it was HDR, but anything I ever try to turn HDR on on my TV, it's like, your TV's not compatible. <laughs> yeah, I would be <laughs> so, surprised if you had a 1080p TV that had HDR capability. Yeah, okay. Um, but no, it, it looked great. Um, I did get a little bit of slowdown in one of the later stages, and that's also I where did I, I yeah. kind of got stuck. But like, I'm not holding that against the game. It's trying to do cool, weird things, and you know that's that's fun. And it was later in the game anyway, so yeah. And it, for I had a little bit of that too, but it definitely didn't like get in the way of no. my experience. And there and there were a no. couple moments like I don't know if you got to the part like I got to this one stage where I like. It was it was the only part of the game where you weren't the part of that like I guess you were kind of the ball but you were like you sort of like got trapped in like one of those like gladiators yeah American that's where I got gladiators stuck. like hamster cages yeah I got <laughs> yeah, that's stuck like, there quasi otter said the same like they popped in the chat right at that part They're like oh you're at the worst part of the game <laughs> i was like oh no but so, it, it is like so obtuse like what the fuck is going on here that's where i stopped <laughs> okay that totally fair it really is like it really is obtuse because it's all of a sudden like you go from this like super fast zipping yeah. around like 
you know, almost weightless. Obviously, you're like at times like you're adding, you know, a ton of weight to your uh, ship or whatever. But you always have a ton of momentum and mobility. Yeah. And and now all of a sudden you are just like as heavy as hell and just like inching along, like like basically pushing a boulder, you know. Um, and it was, it was, it was just like a weird section of the game, but it also like added to the, just like what the hell is going on quality of the game. Oh yeah. And I just expected it. Like I was going to get stuck in the story was going to like explain that to me and then I'd be transported and that just didn't happen. So I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess I'm just done. Yeah. And they definitely don't like ever do anything like that again or like it's never really touched upon what it's all about. So I don't really get like it did feel kind of out of place, I guess. But again, it, it just kind of added to like the what the hell's going on yeah. with this game. And I don't know. it, it I, It's like a gripe, but I wouldn't even complain about it, I guess. No, I, I mean, besides that, I had a great time with it. I'm glad for the experience. Yeah. And I guess uh, just real quick while we're talking about Game Pass, I don't want to go on too long about this one, but I had a great time. I know recently on the uh, podcast, I kind of talked about Flynn's Son of Crimson yeah. uh, on one of the Save It for the Cast episodes and how I got really sucked into that game. And what kind of got me started on my kick of like actually trying to beat games was playing a game right before that uh, called Oliha. Uh, and that's O-L-I-J-A on Game Pass. And this is a game from Devolver Digital was the publisher. I think Skeleton Crew is something Skeleton. I forget the name of the developer, but I was kind of shocked because I was like, I feel like I remember this seeing this at some point. But I also feel like I feel like I always see Devolver's games everywhere, but I never I feel like I don't really see anyone talk about this game. But it yeah. has like a really cool, at least for me, I, I sent it to our buddy Glenn and he was like, oh, I don't really like the art style. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> what caught my eye and why I wanted to play it. So uh, but it's got this uh, it it does have like I could see not liking it. It's got like a kind of distinct, like almost like sketchy pixel art style and like kind of chunky blockier like it looks a little rough around the edges but on purpose it's definitely like a stylistic choice right um but like you start off the game and it's a it's basically like a combat focused platformer that's like got some light exploration metroidvania elements but kind of like flynn son of crimson there's like a a world map that you're like you're more on like a boat and you're basically like going around to different islands and each island has like a few different like docks that you can dock at and then some of them are connected some of them are not it's kind of like a there's some cryptic stuff going on with the story. It's kind of, it was kind of the perfect like it again it was like a 5 hour game, so a little bit longer than X01, but it just kind of sucked me in. Played it in like two or three sittings and it nice. just has some of the coolest controls for like both combat and platforming. Like you kind of start off like you get this like little lance like almost like a fencing sword or whatever for your main weapon and you're and then you like otherwise kind of have like you're just like doing regular combat but eventually like melee combat but eventually you get this harpoon relatively early on and that's when the game like really opens up because you can throw the harpoon and basically if it sticks into an enemy or like there's like these various like eyeballs that are kind of like they'll trigger or not trigger but they'll kind of like hint at like a secret like something off screen like if you see like these eyeballs dangling off a ledge like oh maybe if i throw my harpoon i can like stick in something that's like way up off the screen yeah and then once the harpoon's stuck in something you can like teleport to that harpoon like Uh. nightcrawler style like Uh really fast like it's it almost feels like a dash at times depending on how you're using it but it definitely is more like a teleport because you can like when you're fighting some of the bosses like you can stick it into the boss and then like you're running away from the boss, but then teleport right like behind them kind of and do a couple quick slashes. And the combat's just like so fast and snappy. And I don't know the, the story, like you play as this guy Faraday and like, everything's like, so like 
sort of like medieval kind of themed, but I kept thinking I was playing as like Daniel Faraday from Lost <laughs> at the same time. Um, I don't know. It's just got this really weird style. And like the only thing that feels out of place, but awesome at the same time in the game is like you can, you get these different hats that you can unlock that give you like a different buff. So okay. like the whole game I'm playing as this guy who's like on this like swashbuckling, like almost like pirate-esque adventure, but I'm also wearing like a backwards baseball hat that leeches life off of enemies as I kill them (laughs) but like it's so cool and like you get a couple different weapons as like your secondary weapon and like all the way up through the late game like the very last weapon you get is like this super heavy like sword that you don't use a ton for combat but you actually can like stab it into the ground and then you can also teleport with a totally separate button to that heavy sword Uh. so like in the very like in the last couple levels there's some puzzles where you're like you gotta like throw your spear or your harpoon in like one spot and like really do some like not necessarily timing like they're actually more like head scratcher puzzles but like i don't know just the game has such a fluid ramping up of an adventure like i don't know i I just got really sucked into this game like i I would put it among like some of my favorite games i've ever played like it really it really is sticking with like I, I know I always say like the top 10, but I'm, I'm sticking with I, I would throw it in the top 10 percent of games I've ever played pretty, okay. pretty easily. Um, I'm looking forward to playing it again. Like there's definitely some stuff I didn't find, man. Um, and I've been like I've had it on like the docket to talk about on the podcast for weeks and weeks. And I'm like, I, I'm kind of glad that I'm just kind of squeezing it in because I don't want to spoil too much, even though I kind of already feel like I sort of did. Um, I don't know though. You had me a Nightcrawler, like that <laughs> exactly, Nightcrawler exactly. teleport, like best character in X Men Arcade, and you're gonna give me that type of gameplay in, exactly. in this type of game. That sounds pretty cool. It's really awesome. Like as for when I first used the harpoon, I was like, like I already thought the game was sweet, and then they gave me the harpoon, and I was like, oh wait a second. It just <laughs> yeah, the pace of the game is just really cool. The story, the way it's kind of dispersed throughout the game, really like just yeah, in little small chunks. I don't know. I, I really loved it. Really, really awesome stuff. Nice. But uh, I've gushed enough uh, so far. Uh, why don't I throw it back your way, Randall, yeah. for uh, some uh, some retro action? Yes, that's what I do. So uh, yes. I, I've talked before about having my um, my game set up set up now at the, <laughs> at the house, and uh, you know now I'm in phase two of said <laughs> game setup. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I went down a controller adapter rabbit hole. And and the main thing that prompted this is, I'm someone that likes arcade sticks, but mm. uh, even in a house, you know, arcade sticks take up real space, real square footage. They are not small uh, devices. They're um, huge. They're huge. Yes. And <laughs> as much as I would like to have, you know, individual arcade sticks for all of the platforms I have, that's not feasible. Um, so I started doing some research. And then I went down this massive rabbit hole of controller adapters. So I, you know, and this happened primarily over like the holidays. And I'm only just now talking about it because I've had a chance to check them out. And some of them have firmware updates. So I've been doing all that sort of stuff and, you know, screwing around with these things. And yeah. Okay. So I... This was kind of the chicken or the egg thing that I was trying to like parse (laughs) beforehand. Uh I was like, did you... So do you have a like arcade stick that you were purchasing the controller adapters for or do you have these controller adapters over your game collecting life and you were trying to find an arcade stick that could meet those option a okay so i had the arcade stick 
my mom was nice enough to buy me a, a for a Christmas a few years ago at least um the switch uh ori hori real arcade pro five or v arcade stick which is just kind of a nice modern Mm -hmm. arcade stick with like eight buttons on it and the japanese you know uh stick and stuff and it's it's just a a really nice stick but it was just for switch and pc you know that's all it worked on um, but I've got this Xbox Series X and I've got all these retro systems and I'm like, man, it would be really cool to have like an arcade stick for, you know, say Sega Saturn or Sega Dreamcast with all the fighting games and, and you know, arcade experiences there. But, you know, to buy a Dreamcast or Saturn official arcade stick will cost you an entire leg at this point on eBay. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. and who knows what condition it'll be in. And again, that's just takes up extra space that I don't necessarily have in the first place. Right. And, and you like, if you're using the same one all the time, you can kind of get comfortable and like used to the feel of yes. just that one game pad or whatever, not game pad, but yes. Analog arcade stick. stick. Yes. Yeah. So Brooke, uh, is, uh, to my understand, like at least for, in my world, a relatively new creator of adapters. I think they're out of Taiwan, or, or I, I think it's Taiwan. Um, but they create these USB adapters, and um, the, because they're USB, they're firmware updatable as well on PC, which is great. And I think on Mac too. Um, nice. But I got one of them. Um, I got a an Xbox One. Uh, well, it, it works on Xbox One and Xbox Series X, but it's an adapter, and that allowed me just, after firmware update, plug that right into the front USB port on my Xbox and plug the Switch arcade stick right into that, and I'm off and running. There's oh, no extra awesome. button presses or anything. It just works. No that, lag, ooh. nothing. Ooh, yeah, like because that... Oh, that that's the number one thing, like, especially when for something that is an arcade stick that like, right. I would think needs to be like one to one or as close to it as humanly like feasible. A hundred percent. And in and I think, you know, they might even say that some of these adapters have some like bare like milliseconds of like to transfer this input to input but i i don't perceive said lag and i'm someone that perceives that stuff pretty quickly you know we've talked in the past about like the Mega Man x collection or things Mm. like that that stuff sticks out like a sore thumb i never had that feeling playing with these things so wow you know take that with what you will um so there's that xbox one i got one that uh is a Saturn and Dreamcast adapter. It's like a dual dongle type of thing. Okay. Um, and that Dreamcast one includes VMU memory built into the adapter. Jesus. Okay. Yes. So it's like externally, like it would just be like hanging there off of a dongle kind no, of thing. So, so no, the, it's the, in the adapter. Yes. The memory, the memory ability is inside of the adapter, and then, oh, and oh. then, so when you when you start a Dreamcast, it'll pick up. Oh, you've got a VMU inserted in this controller, but it's in the adapter, right? It's just like yeah, yeah. But Holy. because it's USB, I can then plug it into my PC or Mac and then download the files onto my computer to back them up as well, Yo, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, the Dreamcast has now become the most open source yeah. <laughs> system in existence. Exactly. Exactly. With no DRM on their entire library. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, which like throwback to like back way back in the day when I had like an N64 memory card adapter that I could plug into my PC through like 
some expansion port or some shit, PCE port or some shit. And it would allow me to back up all my N64 controller or my N64 like uh, memory card adapter stuff to my computer. And I thought that was less like some future shit. Yeah. Um, But anyway, I also got a Genesis slash PC engine adapter, which again, like both of those systems, like PC engine also has the same adapter type as a turbo duo, which is what I have. Okay. So both systems, big, big on shmups, like massive shmup systems. Oh, so like for yeah. that purpose alone is like crucial to have an arcade stick in, in my opinion. And it again, works great with that switch arcade stick works great with the, um, I got a, um, Astro city mini, which is something that Sega created. They also created an arcade stick to go along with it that was released in Japan. I had imported that when I had got the Astro City Mini for that purpose, but now I can use it with these other adapters on these other platforms. So, you know, effectively yeah. have two arcade sticks that I can use on these systems. There's also a NES and Super Nintendo one. So I've got that as well. So essentially now, you know, I can use my Switch or that Astro City Mini arcade stick on all of these platforms, uh, and and that's a beautiful thing. Well, and the fact, too, that you can sort of, at least in my mind, you can, like, justify kind of leaving the arcade sticks out a little bit more or somewhere, like, where they're more readily accessible, where instead of, like, again, if you had one for each system, they would definitely be buried in a closet or (laughs) somewhere where you're like, oh, let me go dig them out. Yes. Even the extra controllers somewhere, like, you know, I definitely only have, like, one 64 controller handy, maybe two, but, like, the rest are buried in a Tupperware box, some Rubbermaid somewhere. And that's the, so. that's the thing for me is if it's difficult to get to, I'm never going to do it. And I need, right. I need this, my controllers, the main controllers that I use for these platforms to be easily accessible, least amount of barriers possible to work on these things. And that's what I've allowed to happen by finding these adapters. I also bought some of these other Ralph net adapters, which is even more rabbit hole because now we're talking about. <laughs> Classic controller slash Wii adapter. So think, okay. you know, the, the adapter when you plug a classic controller into like a Wii controller slash what Nintendo used as their standard when they released the NES Mini and the SNES Mini. That same oh, yeah. classic controller input, exact that same was the, I forgot that was that same input. Yeah. Yes. So because of that, RalphNet <laughs> has created these adapters mostly under the guise of thinking that people are going to have these NES and SNES controllers with their mini systems, right? But it also right. works with these other ones. And I am a sicko who bought two Wii U arcade sticks back when they were $50 and being clearanced out. They used nice. that input because they expected you to plug them into a Wii oh, controller. Yeah, yeah. But I can use them now, you know, that Wii adapter to GameCube, uh, Wii adapter to N64. I can effectively use my Wii U arcade sticks on those platforms with this with these adapters. Randall, this and is... also I'm assuming while not like sucking the battery juice out of a Wii mote. Like I, I can't imagine yeah. that a Wii mote can power those for all that long. Eh, longer so. than you might think. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. nice. This is the best possible outcome of what I thought this story was going <laughs> to be at the like this is just nothing but good news. And like I was a hundred percent sure that this was going to be you talking about. It's like, oh yeah, I have had 
these like dozens of like adapters over the years and yeah. this is my like, and only one failed of them were in tr- no like i had to connect the sega saturn one to the n64 yeah. one to the dreamcast yeah. one to my arcade stick but no this I, is just <laughs> i did research and i d- i got good quality products and i yes. that seems so foreign to me that i can't understand how how this is happening to be fair, there's a graveyard of, of adapters <laughs> yeah. and experiences when I was trying to figure out video input and best possible mm. quality with also ease of access. And that's why I've got a bunch of shitty SCART adapters and things like that that are, you know, in my garage now. <laughs> um, you know, that's, you that's you where learn. that you sort of thing learn. came into play. <laughs> yeah, but you live and you learn. Like you learn like, hey, it's yes. worth doing the research and putting the time in and sometimes spending the little extra money yes. in some cases like to just get the stuff that just get the good it one in a lot of cases when it comes to the retro stuff but yep. that's that's really good to hear especially again just all that compatibility so now you yeah. can just at least have a rubber made full of adapters instead of yeah. a closet full of uh arcade sticks no it's true and and it's it's just like right there and available and because retro is such a big gaming niche on its own this sort of stuff is being created for that subgenre that exists now in a way that it probably wouldn't have even five years ago. So, you know, people like me, sickos like me, that's the, like, I've got a Super Nintendo to N64 one just because, right? You know, there's yeah. also like a Switch adapter that'll let me plug that Astro City mini arcade stick into a Switch so I can have another arcade <laughs> stick there. Like, it just, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that way. And it's it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful Incredible. time that way. Well, even in a, even in a cheesy like way too, like just having them out again, I don't know where you have them out. Like if they're like on display, but I feel like nobody's gonna see like a pro controller sitting on the coffee table and say, "Hey, let's play let's play some video games." But yeah. like maybe you have a friend over, and if you have like a fucking arcade stick sitting yeah, on yeah. the coffee table or over by the TV, somebody might say, "Hey, what's that for?" That's hey, right. you know what? Why don't we play some Towerfall? Or why don't yeah. we? You know, like who? Like I just feel like it's like a conversation starter, or or at the very least, encouraging people to just like start a game session. I don't know. I like yes. it. I love arcade sticks and I love arcade games. Heck so yeah. that would make me happy. Yeah. Well, not fully arcade games, but while we're in in the retro realm, why don't yes. we throw it over to uh, uh, to John here? Well, he's been, I guess, doing some retro gaming on the Switch. So yeah, we were talking a little bit before the podcast started about like, oh yeah, I was planning on not really diving too deep into the N sixty four on the Nintendo Switch online service because like you know I really wanted to have the controller and I had tried oh. out. Uh, Star Fox 64 and like the lack of C buttons or just mapping the C buttons behind the Z R Mm. like trigger that you have to hold and then do the face Mm. buttons really no thank you really cumbersome and not enjoyable like yeah for a game that I have like so much ingrained in muscle memory like I really can't like it's on rails like there's very little like uh, and it's a reflexive game. Impro- the gameplay is very like, yeah. The, the gameplay is very like reactive and reflexive. So you're like, you know, hitting a button real quick, like just based on reflex and memory. Yeah. You know, until you go into all range mode. Yeah. <laughs> then, no, then it really gets fun. Yeah. Uh, gonna have fun with this thing. Um, that was brawl and not a mainline star fox game anyway uh so i was just messing around trying different titles like yes dr mario like you don't really need the controller to be that uh, like you can use a d-pad it's perfect um but then i on a whim 
just started playing uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time because I haven't played Ocarina of Time in a long time. Sure. And I just wanted to see how it controlled. And it turns out really fucking good. Like, I think they made that little, like, ZR trigger to, like, the map it probably around, like, Ocarina of Time and maybe, like... The Super Mario 64, like the yeah. big mainline titles, because yeah, it maps so well, and I don't quite understand how that can be. Because yeah, because it's all just action buttons on the C buttons, right? Action like, buttons, buttons on the C buttons, but like the way that like even though A and B are inverted in position or Ugh. orientation, like it still yeah. makes sense when you like think about that because they're mapped more not as much like on an angle on the ui but like just right next to each other so you're like okay like b is the one that's the furthest to the right and a is the other one like so okay it still kind of translates is like okay i'm moving more left to right than i am up and down so Mm -hmm. that position on the ui makes sense and it's not like flipping confirm and cancel. Like, I feel like those are still the same. It's still right. A and B. And right. then if you look specifically with the like uh, UI on uh, whatchamacallit on Ocarina of Time, how the C buttons are arranged to the right of A and B. So then C left is mapped to just, oh God, is it X or Y? The furthest left button oh, on gosh. Y. Yeah, it's why. Why yeah, on why? <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. On, on on Nintendo, it's yeah, why. yeah, because on X, Xbox, X on it's Xbox. The <laughs> yeah. So Y is mapped to C left, and then X is mapped to C up. Yeah. So those are like the like positions still. that yeah. you would press like yep. or C down rather. I think specifically for yeah C. So down. there's only. There's only one because one of the C's is like navy or navy or whatever, and then the other yeah, one is just right. So, so you're only missing one like weapon slot, if you will, or item right. slot, like to, with a dedicated button. And that was also always the one that I would put on C right, which was the heart. It wasn't in that diamond formation. If you're looking at an N64 controller, that would be yeah. the one that you would have to do a crossover in order to hit. So that putting that one as a like one that you don't use as often like putting that behind a zr trigger like to hold down like doesn't feel that different than like makes sense moving like so like how much effort it took to explain that was just (laughs) was immediately recognizable like i was just going for those buttons automatically not okay. realizing that like I was doing that. Oh, that's good. I was just going like, oh, I know like that's hookshot. I need to go to the hookshot button and not really think like, oh, but even though like I'm pressing Y that translates to C left, I didn't have to think about it for a second. Oh, that's great. And that's impressive because that's even the, one of the reasons I think I've mentioned before on the podcast that I haven't played the Master Quest, I think it's called, yeah. the version on GameCube. Is because yeah. like I'm just like because I think you have to use like the C stick on the GameCube yes. for like up, down, left, and right on the C buttons. And I'm right. like, ah, that just I can't weird. like wrap my head around it. But I'm sure if I just played it, I'd, it would probably click. I mean, a bunch of people love that game. Yeah. And like uh so the second game I tried was uh a game that I've brought up on this podcast before as like in passing because it's more of a memory when we ever we have a conversation about renting games 
it was yeah. one of the two games that I ever rented. It was uh, Yoshi's uh, Story. Yes. I was like, okay, what was the name? It was an island. <laughs> Yoshi's Story. One, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Banjo-Kazooie. And yes. Banjo-Kazooie, I have not played since I rented it, like, in my childhood. Wow. Like, okay. It has been so long since I played it when I, I played it for a, a ton of times, but like even by the time that like I got into like collecting older like retro games, like Banjo Kazooie was one that people just either didn't sell or like places were selling at like full price. Like yeah. you had to buy it for like yeah. 50 bucks. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know if Banjo Kazooie is worth 50 bucks like at this point. So, right. yeah. I was really excited to play it because this is basically like the first time, like I remember such general like themes of the game and not like specific areas. Like in my memory, the first area was completely mirrored and I'm like, okay, this doesn't make, uh, wow. So like I, I I was like, okay, I I think mom or, uh, is it mumbo mumbo yeah, jumbo mumbo, yeah. mumbo jumbo i was like yeah mumbo jumbo is up and to the left and i'm like no it's up to the right yeah like, and that so hill. Like, yeah yeah so like my me- my memory is basically useless for this game <laughs> like i'm coming into it almost like completely fresh and it's and again it handles so well because the c buttons are just camera so i'm using yeah. the c stick i'm not right. even really using x and y so like yeah and it Putting the camera on the C stick just feels like a GameCube era game, so like, right, it doesn't even feel that off. And right, yeah, just it controls great. Uh, oh, and we brought this up in like some texts between you and me, Kevin, or maybe we put it in the Discord, where I was like, "This is the exact level of complexity that I want from a 3D platformer." <laughs> yeah, like, when I started playing uh, Ukulele. I was like, this is fun. This is very, like, well, like, like the level designs are well done. The yeah, objectives super are fun. pretty. Like, the environment's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, personality. I don't know if yeah. I'd go that far, but go yeah. on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, I, I just didn't have that much fun playing it. And it, it mm-hmm. felt like there was just a lot to do and like kind of a little bit too much like oh yes it almost felt they were like fill the world with stuff i kind of got that i've only watched dj play like the opening level of that game and i i we both were just kind of like eh it's a collectathon in like the most like literal sense in that they have like each world or each level has so many different categories that you need to like collect a hundred of or like, like donkey kong 64 style yeah a, a game yeah. i've literally never played you're, you're i good. played a little bit of you're it good but yeah you could probably you're better <laughs> off playing banjo that's for sure yes yeah. one yes. one thing i gotta say is it's it's still or not still but it's awesome to see like or i shouldn't even say it's awesome to see but it's just cool to see like, I feel like it very easily we could be in a world where Microsoft and Nintendo, like Microsoft owning Rare, we could not see Banjo-Kazooie on this Switch Online 100%. service. So it's kind of oh, cool yeah. that, you know, that we're seeing stuff like Cuphead and the Ori games that we've talked about. Yeah. The time. Like, it's just cool that Nintendo and Microsoft have a good relationship. They do. So that there yeah. is the possibility for, like the Donkey Kong Country games to not just be like stuck in some legal limbo or mm-hmm. again, Banjo t- as well, you know, to be like, 
I, I feel it because Xbox, even back in the 360 days, did the remakes of Banjo, oh, yeah. uh, Kazooie, yeah, and, and Banjo Tooie. Awesome. Yeah, They're Randall perfect. was just talking about those. Like, they kind of keep the 64 like aesthetic and like whatever, and they just kind of like up res it, but yeah. like. A little and more widescreen than that. They, they full widescreen yeah, yeah. Like it's, a, it's given a little more love and care than just saying here's 480p or whatever like right they mm. they go they go above and beyond but it still feels like you're playing a 64 game yeah just really sharp i don't know it's just really cool yeah uh, but it's also still cool that they say hey but we'll let nintendo put it out on their platform as well like i don't know i just feel like it could so easily be like we could not be seeing that happen so a hundred percent um, did you ever play Banjo Tooie, uh, John? Out of curiosity, I, I, I never not. have, and I've always wanted to. It's a good game. I, I had never beaten Banjo Kazooie, so I never Me wanted either, to yeah. rent Banjo Tooie. How could I rent the sequel if I haven't <laughs> even completed <laughs> the original? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah right. you got me wanting to boot those up on game. Speaking of Game Pass earlier, there's uh, even yeah. more stuff that's on Game Pass, but. I think we can probably wrap up the uh, the video games chat there uh, for this week, guys. And uh, yeah, as always, you can find us on the internet at uh, pursuingpixels.com. Uh, yeah, we mentioned the Discord earlier. Come hang with us in, on Discord. We're always hanging out, chatting games. I feel like people are sharing all, all sorts of cool stuff, not even just games. Like uh, I talked about uh, Trash Quest on the uh, podcast, to so save it for the cast episode. Our buddy Francis, uh, who made Trash Quest, uh, just shared his new like emo album uh, in the Discord, and it's freaking awesome. I've yeah, had this song cool. Oats stuck in my head for like three days. So, Oats part two. I, Oats. Part, the, I know. I, I just part noticed one that is, one a, I, is a ska song that I listened to that one first, and I was like, Kevin, you're really into this? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, no, Oats I, 2 is way more like the jangly guitar. Yeah, emo. it's, oh man, it's, and the art, the album art, I was yeah. like, man, this is just sick. Ah, oh, it's so cool. So yeah, come hang on the Discord, I, on Twitch, I've been doing a bunch of streaming lately, but yeah, we're around on the internet, come hang, and otherwise, we will uh, catch you next week, and until then, take care. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>